Welcome to Grafted Jewish Roots of Christianity, and I'm your host, Stephanie Pavlantos. Today, I have Crystal Welch with me. Crystal is a veteran. She is a military trainer, a speaker, a coach, a masterclass trainer. She is a, also a behavior analyst. I'm going to let her talk a little bit more, but thank you for being here. Crystal, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What an honor. I know you have a busy ministry, a busy website and training, all that you're involved in. And I also saw that you were a DISC, a senior power DISC consultant. Yes. Yeah. And I'll let you explain that as well. And I love this quote that you gave me. You said you, you teach others to lead from a place of biblical truth in their homes. So you have a ministry of leadership for both children and parents, it sounds like. Absolutely. So we have to, we have to be able to bring up the next generation so that they are well rooted and grounded in what they believe. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they won't be able to go out into this world and function Mm -hmm. in society from a place of leadership. They'll be followers and they'll always fall prey to whatever somebody else wants. And so what I do in my ministry is I partner with parents and even with corporations and businesses that are bringing up the young leaders through the high school years and into their young adult years to establish well-grounded and well-rooted leaders that have their value base in, in biblical principles. Because our greatest example of leadership was that of Jesus. Mm, right. And we, and we see that sometimes that can get sticky in the home. Yes. You know, and, and it can get very dominating in the workforce. And so we have to, we have to come in and we have to bring that, that biblical leadership in, into the home and into the workforce. Yeah. That's awesome because I think that so many of us, and it is so easy to do in the world to kind of said, this is say, this is what we do on Sunday, but it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily what we do at home or at work. That's right. And it's kind of a disconnect. And and I think if I hear you correctly, we have to bring our biblical beliefs, our biblical truths into every place we are with our whether it's with our children. It's it's living by example for our kids and even mm-hmm. our spouse. I can teach a women's Bible study and have women love me or and I'm not saying this is me, but we can do that. And, and then if I come home and treat my husband terribly, mm-hmm. that's, that's not, he's, he's going to even look at me as if I'm, you know, a hypocrite. So well, leadership is influence, mm-hmm. nothing more, nothing less. And if we don't know how to influence people from a place of, of love and a place of acceptance, if we don't know how to to be the influence, be the example. And we have to be that biblical example. And what we find is when we bring the biblical truth of leadership into our organizations, into our, our teams that are in our companies, into these, these homeschooling or public schooled high school students and establish that if we don't bring it into them and give it to them, they're going to lose things. But most importantly, when you do bring it, it magnifies their power of influence exponentially. And it, and, you know, we talk about being on the mission field and going out into the mission field and, and 
bringing those to to the truth and the revelation of our Messiah, Jesus. But we get the opportunity to do it in a very practical way every single day. And we let it slip through our fingers because we want to compartmentalize it on a Saturday or on a Sunday. Right. And we forget that it is that character, that level of influence that we carry with us throughout our days, throughout the minutes that we live, especially, can I just say, especially in our homes, Mm -hmm. whether we think that leadership is just for the corporations and it's just for the employment agencies, but you know, the very first person that we lead is ourselves. Right. And the very next person that we lead, believe it or not, is our families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely. we have to we have to really understand how to be that biblical leader, that that leader that can come in and provide influence. This is not the same as a person of authority. Mm-hmm. This is not the same as being in charge. Right. right. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. Totally. different. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And, and I think my mind's going all over the place here, but, um, oh. but you're no, cause you bring up so many good points. And so, you know, we tend to, and I, I don't want to go off track from what you're saying, because I do believe that this ties in somewhere, but we tend to see people in authority. We can put them on this pedestal in which is so easily for them to fall off. Right. So it's also understanding that God has given us authority as well. Like we're all anointed by the Holy Spirit to serve in the capacity that he has given us. So That's some right. will be in leadership of, in authority to us in a, in a position of greater power, if you will. Absolutely. And then others will be below. And, and you know, these hierarchies we see throughout, even throughout scripture, you know, throughout the spiritual kingdom. Um, but I think that it's important to know that we're all anointed in one way or another to carry out a specific type of leadership, whether the leadership is just over our own children. That's right. We all have a hierarchy and we've all, yeah, we've all been positioned Mm -hmm. and that's, what's very important that we've all been positioned and there is a hierarchy and there are those that are going to be above us and there are going to be those that are below us. But even you, even Yeshua, Jesus Mm -hmm. said, I call him Yeshua. Mm -hmm. Even that's his Hebrew name. Even he washed the feet of his saints. Right. He did. And he said, if any of you want to be great among you, he must, you know, become a servant. Right. And true leadership is servant leadership. And this, and I bring this into the home in what I do in, in the most powerful way, because we, we tend to put this hierarchy in this home. I'm the dad and I don't want to shake anybody's faith here, but we sometimes say, you know, I'm the dad. He's the man of the house. It's my way or the highway. Right. Right. And you're like, no, we're not going to do this or we are going to do this. But then we see maybe there'll be a spouse that comes along and has a relationship with Jesus that maybe the other spouse doesn't have. Right. And there's a conflict in unity there. And it all comes back to how are we going to lead? How can we lead even from a place of a, a lower hierarchy, right? You know, if the man is the head of the house and he's the leader of, you know, he's, and, and the woman's supposed to follow him, but the woman's coming along and she's walking in the truth. And maybe he's not, 
How can there be unity there? And how can she lead from a place of subordinate? Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, it can happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I see it. You can, you and your husband, you and your spouse, whichever, Mm -hmm. we can both be believers in Yeshua, in Jesus, and have different levels of relationship with him, have be on different levels as far as maturity wise. Right. Then you can have the non-believer and the believer. So there's different ways that can play out because I think like in the beginning of my marriage, my husband was maturity wise. He was probably more mature than I was, but then the Lord started doing a work in me that brought me Mm -hmm. up. And then he, these are his words, not mine. He goes, I think that he goes, when we first married, I was more mature, but he goes, now you're more mature. And he saw what the Lord was doing in me. And he saw me kind of, and again, these are his words. I don't, I don't say this about our marriage or our relationship, but that's what we do. There's this constant Mm -hmm. ebb and flow Mm -hmm. between each one because we're both unified, but we're both on a different journey, but I want to really encourage you, you know, your listeners out there that, that God has a covenant with us and we never use his covenant to destroy ours. Right. That's such a good, and that is the, you know, that is what, that is why I say when we come in and we want to lead from a place of, of, maybe we're in a subordinate position doesn't mean that we can't have the influence that we need to woo the hearts of those that we love. Mm -hmm. And again, I go back to leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Mm -hmm. And if we can influence through our actions of love and grace that, and we can woo those that are around us into a closer walk with the Messiah, that's our journey. And I, you know, for me, for my story, Mm -hmm. I came into the Hebrew roots movement. I came into understanding the Torah was applicable for me in our lives. And and I know not everybody may believe that way, but this is where I was. And my husband and I, we had a great rift in our marriage because of that, mm-hmm. because he had somebody tell him that I had committed spiritual adultery wow. and had allowed another spiritual leader to come into my home and lead us. He was at the time he was military and he was deployed. And I spent time with the Lord on this and I had to really come back and say, God, I just want to love you more. I want to have a better relationship with you. I want to know you more, but I can't because my husband's not on board with this. And mm-hmm. and now I feel like I have to choose. Right. I have to choose between my walk and my love of, of Jesus and, and my and my relationship with him and my, my marriage and my love and my relationship with my husband. And, and I laid it before the Lord, Lord, there's no choice here. Right. And he said, no, there's not. In other words, there you're making a choice that doesn't exist Mm -hmm. because at no point in time, do I want you to use my covenant to destroy yours with your husband? That's so good. He, he said, he basically said to me that I'm coming into this house, this new house that I bought and I'm seeing that, or it's actually not a new house. It was my house. And I was like, okay, I need to remodel it. Mm -hmm. I need to make some changes and I need to remodel it. But he told me in the process, don't go tearing down any load bearing walls. Mm. So when we come into 
a, a rift in our marriage or a rift with our children or a rift with our relationships. And we're walking out a new level of understanding when it comes to our Messiah and to our Jesus. We have to understand that that relationship with him, it should not be at the cost of our relationship with with each other. It is going to be a dividing factor when others are just causing us or wanting us to do things that totally violate blatant commands or blatant truth. You know, if somebody's saying we need to go kill somebody and the word of God says thou shall not kill, right. I think we need to be divided from that, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I think that truth and and we have to make sure that the advice we're listening to is based in God's word, it's based in truth because it is very easy. I think you even had brought up to me when we talked on the phone that, you know, there were people who, because they may have been following Torah or going a different direction with, with Jesus, um, that it was almost like they're, they felt like they were unequally yoked. Yeah. And that suddenly Mm -hmm. it it warranted divorce because, Mm -hmm. oh, well, he's not coming along with me. And that's not, that's not true. I mean, that's, that's really a lie. It is. And it's the way the enemy uses to destroy our families and our homes. And if we go back and we look at Numbers chapter five verses, I think it's 11 through 13. We see the trial of the Nicanor gate or the, it's the trial of bitter water. Mm -hmm. And when, when I came through this, when I walked this and my husband felt like, you know, we were unequally yoked, that there was other things going on that the enemy just really wants so bad to destroy the home. Right. He wants so bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to divide us amongst each other and not value each other. Mm -hmm. And he, he, but the Lord showed me that through this, that when, when we get accused of trying to cultivate division in our family, which is basically what the trial of bitter water is, is that adulterous spirit that's Mm -hmm. coming in. He wants us to understand that when it's not true, we drink the bitter cup so that we can receive the blessings. Mm -hmm. If we continue to walk through this journey on the other side, there will be unity again. I want to tell you that, that as an answer to my testimony, my husband and I are so unified right now in in our walk with the Lord and he is so on fire, but I had to take my books that I was studying Mm -hmm. and I had to wrap them up and put them in my attic, my Bibles and everything for seven years. And it was hard to do because I felt like I was taking Jesus and God and everything that I stood for and everything that I was teaching my children in our homeschooling environment and everything that I valued. And I was putting it away for the sake of my marriage. Mm -hmm. But, but God told me, he told me in my journey that you, you are not to play Holy spirit. Mm. Yes. It is not my job to play Holy Spirit to my husband. It's not my job to convict him. It's not my job to put guilt on him. And it is not my job to make sure that he finds salvation. Right. Right. That was the Holy Spirit's job. And the other thing is our timing is not his. Right. We may not agree with how quickly or how slowly our God works in someone else's life. Yeah. 
Right. Right. That's hard. That's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And sometimes we lose faith, mm-hmm. but it took, it was, it was seven years that I had to put my books away. My, my, and we didn't talk anything about, we didn't continue to go to congregation, mm-hmm. anything. And, but after seven years, he, the Lord moved his heart and we began returning back to congregation. And seven years later, it was when he fully embraced um, the unity in our marriage for the Hebrew, the, the Torah that we keep the Torah. Mm-hmm. So our Torah walk and things like that. So it, but it was 14 years wow. and wow. it is a beautiful, beautiful journey, hard journey. But I didn't tear down any load bearing walls. I wanted to, yeah, a few times, yeah, and I wanted to play Holy Spirit a few times, and oh, I'm sure, I'm sure, I wanted to take the word and just cram it down his throat and beat it over his head. Mm-hmm. But you know, when it was all over with, what my husband told me that spoke to him more than anything else was the fact that I was just patient with him. Mm. And I just set the example. I didn't tell him what he could or could not do. Right. And one of the things that we teach over in, in my platform leadership parenting is how to ask great questions. Mm. And we teach how to ask great questions because you can tell people the truth all day long and they're going to get this head knowledge. But if you ask them questions and they seek out their own truth, then they're going to get the heart knowledge. Mm -hmm. Because some things are better caught than taught. Yes. Yeah. So if we can ask the right questions that provokes somebody else to thought, then they have ownership of the answers that they find. You're right. So when we are sitting in here in, in our homes and we're trying to lead our children and we're trying to lead our husbands and we're trying to lead our, or even if you're, if you're the husband and you're trying to lead your family and you're trying to teach them the truth, especially like to your children, ask great questions Mm -hmm. because good leaders ask great questions and they provoke that thought. And if we go back and we look at the sages and the rabbis we teach, we, we see that they teach from a place of questions. Yes. Yeah. And even Jesus asked questions with the, you know, he answered a question with a question. It was just a, just constantly bombarding it's it's very hebraic in asking questions um and teaching from asking questions and that is a great point because because i think of um you know my husband and i went into ministry with another family and and even within our ministry we had a lot of the same foundation and same understanding but there were still things that were up here you know like they were they were kind of just hanging around us and, and, and sometimes they were the elephant in the room that we refused to kind of like, okay, well, we can't talk about this right now because, you know, who knows where this will go. Um, but it, it's been funny because even as we, we study together, we read God's word together, I'll read something in the Bible and I'll say, well, what do you think this means? Because this sounds a lot like, you know, this verse over here. And we can all agree on what this verse means, right? But, you know, but this verse kind of sounds like it's echoing that or, you know, um, it's just an example, like with even like when we talk about 
oh, there's so many different opinions on Revelation, right? Pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I mean, you talk to a different person, you get a different answer. And, and so, and it's just coming together though, in some of those, even those conversations and seeing, okay, this is where we agree. What is really at the base of our disagreement? And, and what is, is that important enough to disagree over it? Let's put it that way. I mean, that's often how I see even in my own marriage, you know, is this important enough to you to argue over and to keep it as a disagreement among between us or is there an area where we can just agree and be okay with this this agreement right over here um so i think it applies in different ways as far as relationships but also not just with your own spouse and children but those within your congregations your churches your ministries, ministries your uh, occupations yeah. yeah it's all across the board yeah you have to have a foundation by which you define certain things otherwise what we do is we get wrapped up in what's important to me mm-hmm. and what it means to yeah. me right. and how it value and how i think of it and and wanting somebody else mm-hmm. to accept our perceived truth i like to let the word define the word And I go back to this, I always lay this blanket statement out when I'm coaching with different people. And I say, if that that you know to be the truth doesn't line up with the word, go with the word and let the word define the word. Because the word cannot be divided. Right. It's not going to say one thing one time and say Mm -hmm. something else another time. And so we have that foundational truth that we have to go back to that. When, when we, and when we sit and have these conversations with one another, and we want to talk about these particular questions, we have to also understand that value is a key element. And that means that we have to get over ourselves so that we can give ourselves to someone else, right? We have to value the other person's thought process and opinion and quit putting ourselves on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a journey for me because, I mean, because, you know, I am a Bible studier, I'm a Bible study writer and teacher I've been studying and teaching for over 20 years and so and so for me you know when someone didn't agree with something I thought or something I taught there was this there's this thing in you that wants to rise up and say no how dare you challenge my (laughs) my understanding you know but it's going back to to humbling and saying okay maybe there is a different viewpoint here maybe there is a different understanding and that doesn't always come naturally because we're flesh, we're flesh and blood. And and so we have to fight the flesh and look at the truth and look at where maybe, just maybe I'm not right. And I need to figure out where I'm not right and how, and, and maybe I am right, but I'm just going to turn this person totally away by, by having to prove yeah. I'm right. Why don't I just listen, you know? So it it can go variety of ways. I mean, I don't have to be right, and I don't have exactly. to make her. But we feel want wrong to sometimes, either. and that's one of the or things him. that that, that yeah. we teach also over here is that we have to have an open mindset and a growth mindset. We have to be open minded and have a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And a growth mindset means that we can be right, but maybe something that they're going to teach us is going to make us more right. Or it's going to expand our limited way of thinking. Because 
there is so mm-hmm. much depth in the scriptures. There is so much power in the word that we don't have all the answers. And when somebody takes their little truth and puts it with your little truth, you get a big boom of truth. And and if we're too proud to be able to say, okay, maybe there's something that I can learn from you. Or mm-hmm. maybe there's something I really don't need to teach you today. Yes. Yeah. And it's so funny you bring that up because years ago, I remember being at my sister's house. She and her husband always had a pool. Like every house they lived in, they had a pool. And this particular year, their neighbors got a pool. And this is just something kind of an example of exactly what you're talking about. My sister's pool was covered in algae. And she goes, I don't know what's wrong. I have done everything I know. You know, we've had pools for years And she goes, and look at my neighbor's pool. And she goes, you know, and, but no, she didn't say that. She said, and there's my neighbor trying to tell me how to fix my pool. She is a first year, first time ever she's had a pool. And, and she goes, and she thinks she knows more than I do. I've had a pool for 10 years. And I just thought, well, mm, but look at her pool. Her pool is clear. Her pool is not overrun with algae. It's not green. Yours is green. And I said, even if all she knows is 1% of keeping a pool clean, but you only know 99%, then that 1% she knows, you need to know. And I said, and that doesn't mean that she's wrong. She just knows the one thing or the a few of the things that you don't. And I think that's what yeah. you were just saying, because it's like our our knowledge can come together and be a hundred percent because my knowledge is never going to be a hundred percent, but what the Lord may teach someone else may be another percentage of what I don't know. And then this person over here knows a percentage of something I don't know. And this person over here, but it's, it's the sum of us. It's the sum of us. And this is what's other. This is what is another very powerful principle is that when you value someone and you allow them to teach you something that you already know, you've imparted Mm. that to them, whether without saying a word. Mm. So allowing them to come over and say, even if we already know it, and if we just want to sit and let them teach it to us, this works really well with our children. You know, they want to come and teach us something that, you know, we already know how to change a tire on a vehicle, but they want to show us how to change a tire because they know better. You know what? Let them, because they're going to learn in the process and being able to, to sit back and value the other person's journey and value the other person's process is exactly what builds them up and being able to bring that all together and to value one another and being able to, because sometimes we have to teach it before we can know it. And the only way we can teach it is if we have a student and the only thing that may be missing in somebody's life is a student. And that may be called, that may be what we're called to be in our homes for just a minute for, you know, for just a minute, if we just sit down and let this leadership take place in our homes, that brings in that, that student concept, and then they turn around and they take it out into the corporate world. What's happening is we are living out biblical leadership in our everyday lives. 
right? Just by taking the principle of servitude and value of one another into our Mondays and into our Tuesdays, you know, Mm -hmm. they just need a student sometimes. Right. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, you probably said this, it's just maybe I, I hear it differently, but before I can be a teacher, I have to be the student, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, if I'm not the student, then I can't teach anybody anything. Absolutely. The Lord has, I have to be the student of the Lord, student of the Holy Spirit and allow him to work in my heart, allow him to change me, allow him to teach me something. And then I take that and I teach it to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I think that is part of leadership, right? I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's all. That is exactly, we get leadership confused. We get leadership confused in our corporations. We get leadership confused in our homes. We get leadership. We want to lord our leadership and our authority over our children. Why did, why do right. I have to do that, mom? Because I said so. Yeah. You know, stop, just stop. You know, let's, let's take a minute and let's reprocess that for a second, mm-hmm. you know, or, or why do we have to go to that church? Because I'm the dad and I'm the head of the house. Well, maybe right. we need to stop for a second and say, what are we doing to lead from a servant's heart? What are we doing to lead from a place of open-mindedness? What are we doing to lead from a place of conviction and not a place of dominance? Right. What are we doing to lead from a place of influence and not a place of dictation? Mm -hmm. Because we've, we've confused it. Because the world says dominance is leadership. Yeah. Right. It, I mean, if you can be stronger, faster, smarter than someone else, then you can be a leader. But a leader, a true leader in the biblical sense is a servant. Exactly. And if you go in there and you look and you process um, the leaders who are dominant, the leaders who are bullies are really leading from the place of of can I say it from Satan, you know, they're leading from a place of no value of the other person, no convictions. They're self-centered and they just want it my way or the highway. And that's not how we value each other. That's not how we bring into our homes this, this love and this grace even for each other. And this is what's interesting. We all, we also have to lead our younger selves. We, we mm-hmm. have inside of us all the people in the past that we ever were. And we have right. to go back and we have to remember that I was that person at one time. And if I was that person, how do I lead that person? And then bring that knowledge base into the people that's in our lives. Mm-hmm. I really have a heart too for these, these grown men and women that are in charge of of people in the secular world that don't even know Yeshua, Messiah, or Jesus. They have the most amazing mission field right there in front of them. And they can, and just by being a, a biblical leader, they have won the hearts of, of that generation. And this generation that's out there, that's going out into the world right now, they are so lost. Yes, they are so lost and they just need to be wooed and they just need to be, there's one word, they need to be valued. Mm -hmm. And if they are genuinely valued, we are leading from a place of, of biblical truth and leadership. 
Yes. And so there is a point here that comes to my mind because we are all gifted differently. Mm -hmm. So like when you go through some of the biblical gifts, it is way easier for some to serve than others. Let's face it. Some, I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't learn, but um, I know when I do some of those assessments and such that kind of go along with the biblical things, you know, even like showing mercy, Mm -hmm. you know, encouraging. I mean, I can look at my sister and I know right off the bat, you know, she's gifted with mercy. She can, she, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done, what somebody has done. She can turn around and show them mercy. She can show her neighbors mercy, you know, people. And it's amazing to me because that is not even on my list. (laughs) And so, um, and so, but, but then there are those who, and for, you know, they call them prophets because they are the truth tellers. And sometimes truth tellers don't have a lot of mercy. They don't have a lot of serving qualities in their makeup. And so, so some of it does have to do, I think with our giftings. How do you, I mean, I don't know. I didn't talk to you about this ahead of time, but, but how do you wrap around trying to be a servant leader and then say, but yet in your giftings, you're this prophet teacher kind of person who is consumed with truth. And what the Bible says. So that has to do with communication styles, which is, which is really interesting because everyone can be a servant. No matter where we're at, we can serve from a place of uh, maybe we communicate a little bit more boldly, or maybe Mm -hmm. one person has more words and another person has no words, or maybe a person's a little more analytical when they, when they serve, but, but placing value on another person is is the, is the core of serving. And that may not be our strengths because the other thing that we can do is we can see somebody has a need and we know that we need to meet that need through the act, through some type of act of service. If that's not our gifting, we can outsource it. We can go get somebody and say, Hey, this person, I recognize their need for this. And that's not my, that's not my forte. I don't have it. Can you, can you go talk to them? Mm -hmm. Because I think they need somebody to listen to them. And I just, I just, I don't have the capacity for words today, you know, because we can definitely outsource it. Yeah. I have an assessment that I do that Mm -hmm. if I could put that plug in there right quick, but I have this, Yeah. yeah, I have this assessment that I do where it's a, it prints out a 35 page report and it tells us our strengths and our weaknesses and what our languages are, what our core values are, what our, lo- where our loyalties lie. Um, and it, and it talks all about, it gives a whole graph on what are our strengths and our weaknesses. And one of the things that I teach is we don't go to our weakness and say, let's build it up. Let's, let's work on building up our weakness because you'll, you, it's never going to get there. If you if you if we have a weakness, we're part of a body for a reason, right? We go to the person who has the strength, and we give them the 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 strength that's needed. We function in that strength, mm-hmm. and then the people who have strengths, we build the strengths up to make the strengths better. If we all function in our strengths, we're going right. to be a fine oiled machine. But we cannot mm-hmm. do it as an individual. We have to do it right. as a community. And in addition to that, 
we have to know ourselves and we have to know other people. And if we're, if we're talking about the home, then do an assessment with everybody in the home. I did. And mm-hmm. I found out, oh my gosh, no wonder my daughter and I have been fighting for the last five years because I'm expecting her to communicate on my terms and she's expecting me to communicate on her terms. And the next thing yeah. you know, we're not valuing each other. But when we understand each other, then we're able to value each other's strengths. Then we can right. come in and fully function in in the giftings and and the destiny that God has called us to function in. So many times we try to do things that are so far out of what we are equipped to do because we think that we're all supposed to do everything. Right. Ben. And now you are talking about the DISC, the DISC mm-hmm. assessment. And I believe you are a, a senior power DISC mm-hmm. consultant. I'm a senior power DISC consultant. Yeah. Which we, which is a, um, it's a Maxwell certified disc assessment okay. that prints out like a 30 to 45 page report. And we have multiple different kinds of reports that we can right. print out. And when my husband and I first did that, like, Oh, I want to say 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago, we did it. Um, and it was so funny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my husband is very much a D and, um, and on there when he took the test and I know there, the tests have, have changed yeah. and, and, over the years and the way that they, um, the assessment is taken and such, but this was a pretty easy, just short assessment. And his, um, his D was up here, like really high. And then the ISC were all kind of low. And, (laughs) um, and so he was just very much, but he was in, in the restaurant business. He, he owned his own business. He ran his own business. He was used to being in charge. Um, and so, and just the funniest thing, now this will sound just like so funny to most of us, but but he was so serious and he goes, everyone can't just be like me. And I said, <laughs> no, honey, they, they can't. He goes, well, I thought you were lazy if you oh, just no. didn't work like me. Oh, no. And And he did. He did yeah. not understand how different we are created. Wow. And, and it was just so eye-opening to him. To realize that, oh, that's why you do A, B, C. You know, that's why you don't do <laughs> X, Y, Z. We are you know? so fearfully and wonderfully made. We are, each one of us is a fingerprint in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. We are so unique. And there is such a huge spectrum. We can't even begin to analyze the the specifics of our personality we'd have to be god to do that but right. we can become aware of each person's different communication mm-hmm. styles because you know everyone communicates but few people connect i think i mentioned that before but what happens is when we're fully aware of how this other person is knit together by god almighty when we see the beautiful artwork and intricacy that God did in each and every single one of us. And we're able to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then we can come along and say, God made you this way. He didn't make you that way. I can't expect that of you or God made you this way. So I know that if I communicate with you, I have to do it in your language. And that helps us with our children powerfully. Right. 
Yeah. And we have, we have this assessment that's called the rediscover and it's, and it's the, it's the disc for couples so that they can rediscover each other. And then I have one that's called the student and career assessment, which beautiful because then you can take your high school student and give them this assessment. And in the end, you can see how they are created and what mm. career field that they would function the best in. Yes. Yeah. It saves good. so much money on college. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> My son works for an electric company and he is in the, the office and he does a lot of data entry and stuff, but, but they gave all their employees this test. And, um, and it was amazing, you know, his, what he came back with and stuff. And actually it, it was a little different than the disc, but it was, it was still very similar, mm-hmm. but, um, and it was one, it was basically called finding your strengths. That's what it was actually called. And, um, and it was, it was just funny reading down it and like, oh, that is so true. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's you. That's you, you know? And it just, it was, but it helped them, I guess, you know, as a business, as managers over him to see, these are his strengths. This is how he's going to function. This is how he's going to communicate because you brought that up and that is true. Um, and, and even like it, just a little funny story. My friend and I were at a, um, the Florida conference. It's a writer's conference. And, um, we were down there and we we're standing in line for food at the, in the cafeteria type thing. And we are, we are very different, but while we're standing in line, she turns and she hands me all her stuff and says, would you hold this? I'm going to go help that woman that's using a walker to get through the line. And, you know, and we both saw her, but her brain instantly went to, I've got to help her. I've Mm -hmm. got to carry her food. And it all went that fast while I'm still there actually processing, boy, somebody needs to help her. So I'm processing a completely different way, but she just takes off, hands me her stuff and goes and helps her. And, and I'm just like, why didn't I think of it that fast? Why didn't, why am I sitting there like, that's not how you're wired right yeah and it was but but it's just funny because on some hand on you know on one hand i look at that and i think lord why am i not like that why why am i not like that and that's a serious question it's like but then on the other hand you know i even brought it up to her i go you know that was so sweet of you and while i'm sitting here looking at the same person you were looking at the way I'm processing it, the way you process it was so different. And I'm right. sitting here trying to think she does need help, but we need to find her help. And, um, and so, and she goes, well, that's, she goes, Stephanie, we're different. You know, she goes, it's yeah. just, we're different. And then and she we goes, pass, and, and then we pass judgment on people. Yeah. Because they don't process it the way we do. Or pass judgment on ourselves because that's what I wanted to yeah. do. I was like, how insensitive stuff me that you didn't think of that. You should have thought of that. But but she's so good because she's just like, no, but look at what you're good at, you know, because she turns it right around and says, but you do this and you do this. And I never think of those things. Yeah. And and so but it is a good encouragement. That's it's a good relationship in which we can see the good in others mm-hmm. and encourage them to keep doing those good things 
even though it may not be part of our makeup, but not wishing we were like them, but, Mm -hmm. but really finding joy, finding contentment in what the Lord, how the Lord has made us. Right. It's leading. Like you said, I mean, we can all be servants, Mm -hmm. but, but it's also leading with your strengths. Yeah. If we were all the same, some of us wouldn't be needed. And, you know, I go back to, you know, after, after I spent time becoming a disc consultant and I did these things with my husband, I realized my husband is extremely analytical Mm. and I didn't realize just quite how much, because he doesn't come across as an analytical type person. Mm. You know, he's not the typical stereotype. You see him and they're highly analytical. He's just functions high in his C, which means analytical. And he was able to come along and say, okay, I can't process this that you're moving into quite as fast as you do. Yeah. Cause I'm the type of person that says, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. You yeah, know? Yes. And my husband's a lot of time said, and that's my husband and he's probably more like yours. Yeah. And so, but it's good because we, mm-hmm. we blend so well together yeah. and that's what it's about, right? Being mm-hmm. coming, coming in and valuing how each mm-hmm. other are and leading from a place of service. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I always tell my husband, I joke about was, kind of like, well, if we were both like you, I wouldn't need, I wouldn't be needed. Exactly. You know, um, you may as well marry yourself, marry someone exactly <laughs> like you, but that is not who you are attracted to. And because what's funny is because he's such a strong leader, strong willed person, um, strong minded person and very disciplined, mm-hmm. you know? And so what is, who are his friends? They're all like me. <laughs> all like me and we're opposites so you know it's like well beautiful if you wanted someone like you highly disciplined and and it's not like i'm not i'm just a disciplined in a different area right Mm -hmm. i mean because my disciplines don't look like him but there are disciplines in my life that are geared toward a whole different area than they are in his life and so um so i i just tease him it's like we're both not needed if we're going to be the same but but anyway, so I, we're running out of time, but, um, I think this is really cool. And I think that, um, we'll leave some links for anybody who's interested, um, of finding Crystal online and her website. Um, but do you just, if you can just talk just real briefly, D-I-S-C, tell what each of those mean before we go. Sure. So D is a dominant personality. It's, it's very bold. I is in, is a, as a person who's influential, they like lots of people. So if you're a D person, you're going to come in, get the job done and leave. If you're an I person, you're going to say, how many people can come with us? You know, mm-hmm. we just want the big party, the more the merrier. The S mm-hmm. is the person who values that individual relationship. They, they prefer um, quality over quantity when it comes to people. And the C is a person who likes to process all the data. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that they're the ones that you want to give your paper to, to um, they're the editors of books. They're the ones yeah. that pull out all the details. And I guarantee you, they're the people who, if, if there is a spec, they will see the spec before they see the the big picture. The big picture, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where they are. But that is yeah. a very primitive approach, and there is, it can go very, very deep. But I love it. I love analyzing people and finding their giftings and their values and how uniquely they are, and then being able to bring that into 
um, practical application into our everyday lives. Right. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being my guest today. I, um, oh, I think this was an awesome conversation on leadership and, and influencing others, right? That's, I think, the bottom line and influencing people for the Lord, influencing people for even doing, for being their best, for doing their best. So, um, so thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find me at graftedjewishroots.com. Please check out my Bible study, Jewels of Hebrews, on my website. And I also have a Facebook page under the same name. Join me every Wednesday for a new episode of Grafted Jewish Roots of Christianity. Thank you for listening.